hello everybody. Uh, welcome back to Put It to the Panel. Uh, and this is episode four. This week's special guest, we have Anthony, who is the founder of Simple. So hello, Anthony, and how have you been? Hey, um, I've been good. Just sheltering in place, I guess. Um, but good for the most part. <laughs> how about you guys? Yeah, great. It's, um, it's obviously a weird, yeah, weird time, but obviously um, getting through it. You know, just trying to enjoy the sun. It's you know sunny here at the moment, so yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, bit of rare British sunshine, and it's not something we're used to. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are exactly. used to rain and muggy, you know. Yeah, exactly. All of that. Nice. That's the weather that I prefer personally. I I don't like the sun. Um, it hurts, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did get pretty badly burnt the other day. Actually, ended up looking like a lobster, but uh, that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> oh man! Great stuff. Well, it's lovely to have you on the show. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of a uh, insight into? Uh, it's simple. The what you run? You run a agency, um, music agency, Simple, correct? Correct. Yeah, um, it's a music marketing agency, but also an, an online resource for, um, well, at first it was independent musicians, but now I'm, I'm kind of turning it to more so of just musicians and industry folk. Um, but yeah, we're a resource, but also an agency. Um, kind of the way I, I like to position the company is like, we provide you with the tools and resources on how to you know do X, Y, and Z, but um, if it's too confusing or you know, too overwhelming, or you just don't have the time to learn how to do marketing, um, you can just turn around and, and hire me to do it. And Chris, who recently just joined the company. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff, uh, now, actually. Um, so what do you work with a local range of different artists or is, is it, you work directly with the artists or the labels or how is it that you run the business? Um, it, it's a combination of, of those things. So typically I, I work directly with independent artists. Um, I do consulting for a couple of record labels and uh, different entertainment brands as well. Um, most notably, I guess, would be like Famine Records. Um, if you guys have heard of them, uh, shout out to Chelsea. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do work for a clothing company called uh, a Cat Clothing as well. So if you've ever been to Warp Tour in the States, um, when Warp Tour was still a thing, um, you probably saw a tent for a company called Cat Clothing. So I, I do marketing for them as well. And yeah, there, there's a ton of other talented musicians and, and companies that I work with. And I'd probably take up this whole hour or however long the show is to kind of talk <laughs> all the clients that we've had the opportunity to work with but yeah i mean it's just if they're metal post-hardcore even pop indie i mean we've, we've worked with quite a few cool artists such as i met a yeti uh properties of nature um adventure just a couple other bands out there so yeah it's been fun how's it been uh since the whole covid19 situation came around has that like exacerbated business or has it had a, a hit on you how's it like affected you um it, it's kind of a, a mixed bag right now because before the whole coronavirus thing happened i mean obviously I've, I've always been preaching about the importance of social media and just digital marketing as a whole and a lot of people would just laugh or just say yeah i mean i don't need you know facebook you know, I, I tour all the time or we play shows all the time, dude. Like we're good. Like we're always marketing ourselves. But now, you know, with, with touring taken out of like the, the equation, so to say, um, it, it's kind of full circle. Like now everyone is starting to realize how important and how powerful social media can be as yeah. well as, you know, how I don't want to say it kind of sounds rude, but just how, how much we don't know about social media and marketing because the average musician doesn't know the ins and outs of Facebook business manager or knows how to combat, you know, social media algorithms and, you know, just the intricacies that come along with social media. Cause it's not just 
posting it. There's a lot that goes behind it. And yeah. just the, the psychology of people, which honestly, that's probably the hardest thing to, you know, learn or even teach because that, that just happens over time. Like if you don't have a background or, you know, a, a degree in business, I, I don't have a degree in business. I'm acting over here like I'm a, you know, whatever. Um, but if you have no, you know, background in, in how businesses operate or work, the, a big part of that that you kind of miss out on is, you know, like the psychology of people and like how people react or, or would, you know, how to appeal to your specific target audience. I hate comparing music to a business because at the end of the day, it's a creative outlet. It's, it's something that people are very passionate about, but you kind of have to think of it as a business because although, you know, you, you don't get a return right away, you can, but yeah. you still want to market it. You still want to get it in front of people, which are all things that any business owner wants to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people get into a band and they think, uh, you know, I'm just going to be able to record music and play shows. And like literally, you know, that's kind of where their responsibility, if you like, ends. Um, but, you know, the reality of it is if you really do want to like hustle, like you say, you you've got to focus on all of the areas and that very much includes social media like now so more than ever but it's always been you know very important and i think uh that falls by the wayside for a lot of people or they think that it doesn't really have the you know the Im importance or the impact that it that it actually does yeah 100 percent. i mean it, it it's more apparent now more than ever you know and um yeah i'm wrong but i believe this show kind of came about because of covid so right yeah i mean it was yeah. born off, off the back of an unfortunate situation so yeah yeah i think it's something that uh you know on that subject it's something that me and danny always thought about doing but you yeah. know it wasn't until the covid that we decided to do it actually give it a go um yeah we saw the response from obviously danny's other uh, live stream but um i guess the whole thing with um I mean, they obviously have the situation how it is at the moment, but with bands and with artists and labels and stuff with what bands should be doing and artists should be doing, it can very much be up in the air because there's a lot to juggle. So it's very good to have someone like you on to kind of get that perspective from your side, from actually plugging, you know, the, the content, because it's not always just about content. I mean, I've seen you know, I've heard of countless hundreds of underground artists and bands and stuff that I think you know, I see the music and oh, this is amazing. This is absolutely, you know, like this could be the next, the next big thing. Yeah. And then you see, you go onto their social media and they're pretty much non-existent. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's not the fault of the musicians because again, like they they go into to play music to create and and share their art. Um, and it's more so of like where, where I kind of fit into that picture. It's the delivery of it, I like to call it. Because, it, again, it's like when you walk into a Target or, you know, rest in peace, some Targets, I guess. Um, but when you walk into a store, the the way they have it laid out, it's strategic. You know, like, obviously, when you, like, it's a bad example. But when you walk in, you know, the first thing you kind of are drawn to is the little one, two, or three dollar section because they're, they're reeling you in with that. And just wherever they place things, it, it's for a reason. And it's, it goes the same thing with bands and social media, like kind of how you were saying it, it's not a matter of how much content can you put out very quickly. It's more so of like, what's the right content to put out there. Um, and it's a tried and true, you know, saying, but less is more sometimes, and it's all about quality over quantity, but yeah. Yeah. You know, like the way we fit into that equation as, as a marketing company is the delivery of how you place your content and um, how to execute it because you could have, you know, a bunch of creative assets, which happens all the time, you know, like typically the way it works is that an artist comes to me, they're like, Hey, I have this record that I want to put out, you know, which that's what we want to do as musicians but I don't know how to release it efficiently or I don't know how to put it in front of the right people. And that's kind of where we analyze their situation. You know, like, have they released music before? Um, are they a brand new band? You know, just out of nowhere. Because 
kind of unraveling that or just asking those questions definitely positions yourself in a, in a better way when it comes to actually planning your release you know, efficiently and effectively. Because when it comes to the, the paid advertising, which is kind of an, an enigma to, to most musicians, because when I talk about Facebook ads or just you know paid advertising in general, people automatically jump to thinking that all I do is boost posts um, when that, that's not the case. Um, for those who don't know, um, there is something called Facebook Business Manager or yeah. more commonly known as Facebook Ads Manager. And it, there, there's a lot of data there available to you, but you might not know it because, again, you're, you're a musician. You just want to jam with your buddies. You just want to create music, tour, and play live shows. Like, that's like ask any musician, and the, their answer is not going to be, yeah, my, my favorite part, un, unless you're me, my favorite part about music is planning a release timeline or hitting up press outlets or submitting to Spotify. Like no one likes doing that. You just kind of have to do it. Me on the other hand, I, I love that. <laughs> like it, it's really fun um, coming up with a, a strategy behind the music because again, there there's those who just really enjoy playing, writing, you know, music. And then there's those who are more business oriented, like, just in general, without even thinking about what my agency does or what I'm kind of talking about, but you have a band dad or mom or whatever who handles all the business and logistical stuff. And um, I've always been that guy in, in all of my projects. So just naturally, so it that, that's what, you know, kind of eventually led to uh, me creating an agency because although, you know, you might have your, your business dude in the band um, they might not know everything, which is why, you know, there's managers exist, booking, uh, booking agents exist, labels exist as well for a reason. So, you know, that, that, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, like that's, that's basically how I kind of go about things. If any of that made sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Sorry, Rob, it looked like you were going to say something. No, no, no. I was just going to say that's exactly, you know, you know, I know exactly where you're coming from. I mean, uh, for, you know, as a, a great example, um, you know, me and Danny, we play together in advance and we kind of feel like each person takes on a responsibility and it works better that way. So, yeah, in, you know, in the respects of like social media and promotion and marketing, you know, Danny, I'm kind of trying to point it right away. Like, Danny, <laughs> Danny is 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 like the you know he's he's the one that looks after that he's the king of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the best thing that I the best advice that I would give to a band when they're starting up if they're you know is if they're going from square one sort of thing, um, definitely you know look into the the advantages with going to something like yourself and you know getting a little bit more traction. Um, but everyone needs to have their own individual kind of like thing to do. Or yeah. otherwise, you're all gonna be doing one thing. Um, so you know, like I've seen it with bands before. I've been in other bands before where we all focus on one thing, and then it just becomes a disaster. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of steps to because even kind of alluding to how you were saying, like when you just focus solely on one thing, like yeah, you want to record an album, but what are other things you can be doing in the meantime to prepare for yeah. that? Um, which whether it is personal research or just, you know, like no one really talks about it, but like do musicians like learn more set? Like if you're a guitar player, like, are you learning new things? Like, like, I don't know, whatever. I don't play music anymore, but um, yeah, that's like, that's something small that an artist could take as like the next step. But I mean, you know, what if you come up with a riff that you didn't think of, you know, had you not learned whatever other thing from a band or whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, you could work on that or just on your business acumen because as much like there's a ton of resources out there. Like there's like the CD baby, they have a podcast called the musicians podcast and just a bunch of other stuff out there that you can personally research. I mean, I've done that. I mean, countless people do that, but like, you know, just preparing yourself for the future because you never know. And yeah, a lot of bands that say, yeah, we want to, you know, record an album or be signed to a label, but they don't know 
how to get there or for one, they don't know why they want to get signed. And that's like a, a huge kicker that I ask a lot of bands, like, like they tell me, I want to make it a music. I want to be signed. And it's like, okay, why do you want to be signed? And then they kind of get shaken up because they're like, well, because the label gives you free money, you know, or because they, they pay for everything or, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to blow us up. And that's not the case. Like, and, and again, right. if you don't know any better or if you've never done your own research, like those are just assumptions that you make just based off of public perception, you know? Definitely. I mean, it, it, as soon as you get onto a, like a label or like a management sort of thing, it's it's not a case of, you know, that's it. And we're going to take off and we're going to be big and we're going to be brilliant. It's like, no, it, it's still, that's like the first. You still thing. have to do the work. Yeah. Like you can't let them do everything. You still got to do work. You still got to work for it, especially if it, you know, if it's a more smaller independent label, but if it's a bigger label, obviously you're going to get a lot more out of it, but depending on what they give you, each contract is yeah. different. Um, I think I interrupted you, Danny, for a question earlier. Do you want to shoot away of that? Uh, no, I was just going to continue off off of what you were saying, actually, about um, about roles in the band and just emphasize that delegation, I think, is really important and that everybody has their own area to focus on um, because then ultimately you get a lot more done, like you said, than just focusing you know, on one area or just focusing on the musicianship. It's like if everybody has their own uh, you know, area to focus on, then when you meet back in, say, a week's time to have a band meeting or a band practice, then you've achieved so much more than just if either you don't have a plan at all or everybody's kind of doing the same thing. Um, and certainly that's been like our kind of experience, I think. Yeah. I mean, whether you're the, the business guy or, you know, how you were saying, like the delegator, um, that's always good. And I mean, out of that, you, you kind of uncover different things. Like I know a lot of artists that or, or a lot of bands, particularly that, you know, you pick up like another skill set that you can still use within your band or even just like for others. Um, so, I mean, graphic design is a, a very common thing, you know, at least getting somewhat familiar. I wouldn't call you a graphic designer just because you know how to use Photoshop, but like, you know, at least having an understanding of it. Um, those are little skills that just add up and it's, it's the small things that people don't really realize that are valuable to start learning how to do. Cause I mean, it's a very topical thing right now. Like, since you're at home, why not pick up another skill, you know, while you can't tour or more importantly, so and kind of how it ties to me. Um, like what I tell artists is like, hey, that money that you were going to invest into, you know, for your tour for a week or whatever, um, put that towards, you know, marketing or put that towards a, a recording budget yeah. or something that will propel you forward because, you know, like, and probably some people will get mad about this, but like, if I see another post of a live show and you guys just post the same thing saying, oh, I miss live shows, like, I'm going to barf because that's all I see on social media. Like, it's, it's irritating. Instead of saying that you miss playing live shows, do something about it. Don't just mope around, you know, like, do something that is beneficial to you guys as a band and that will grow you you know whether that is doing you know like you guys are doing something different you're doing this yeah do live streams like that's kind of another touchy subject but like live streams as well like a lot of people are engaging in that but just make sure that it's a decent one but yeah i don't know just there's a lot of other things that artists could be doing other than just complaining about there not being live shows you know yeah i mean yeah i mean Sorry, Daniel, I'll let you carry on. I was just going to say, I think um, one of the, the most positive things, like from, from my perspective over the last few weeks, that it's been really nice to see uh, a lot of innovation from especially like local artists around our area um, and seeing their live streams where they do, like they don't just focus necessarily on like the live performance, but they're also giving you a bit of a taste into their own lives and you know, showing you behind the scenes things and, you know, whether that's like putting together a new song or doing a playthrough or, um, you know, some of my favorites actually, are, you know, when people do games or challenges and 
you know we've been doing stuff like that as well because it's i think it's it gives people a bit more of a personal feeling to everything and uh it makes them you know kind of feel like they're involved yeah definitely i mean the another prime example that i give you know our consulting clients or just people that i talk to in general it's like there's a world like you know like when we think of facebook as musicians like all we see on our timeline is like you know music but there's actually a facebook that exists that has no music you know like there's real people that use it not not to say that we're not real but you know like without that being such a huge focus on social media like if i was just a non-musician like my timeline and the reason i would go onto facebook would be to you know connect with my friends and connect with my family and I, I talk about it a lot, but even Facebook, like people complain about it because, you know, business pages is reach has gone down, you know, tremendously per 2018, I believe. And um, I think that's a, a good thing because it makes it that much more challenging and important for musicians to understand what social media is actually intended for, which again, it's connecting with others. That's literally you know, Facebook's motto or whatever. Um, but when you use that as like your mission statement or whatever of your band, like that, that's the goal. You want to connect with others and the others in, in this scenario are your fans. So when you think of, again, like without the music side of it, like what people share on social media the most are other people, you know, whether it be memes, Sorry. bless you, you're good. Um, it would be memes or, you know, viral videos. Um, if you're into gaming, it's a lot of live streaming, you know, like, and same thing with like the, the content that people consume, like on YouTube, like a lot of people watch other people for hours and hours on end, you know, like there's vloggers, same thing with video game streamers. They're just people's personalities that you get involved with. And that's the stuff that matters the most to you know, cold audiences, which, you know, that's prospective fans. Um, they want to know who you are. Like, I can't count how many times I've seen, you know, bands that come out of the woodwork and they just, you know, I've done it where you try to be like the, the mysterious band that just, you know, like puts one word captions or whatever. And it's like, okay, who's this? Like, I don't care. Like, what are you doing? I don't know who you are. Tell me who yeah. you are. And like a, a big part of that is again, because you try to mimic what the bigger artists are doing. They can get away with that because I probably already know who they are. I can tell you yeah. what the name of their singer is. I can tell you what the name of their drummer is, but if you're an up and coming artist, I don't know any, I don't know any of you guys. Like, why are you hiding that? Or why are you trying to seem mysterious? You know, like those are things that, I guess the idea behind that behind it is that, you know, it's going to pique someone's interest and they're going to check you out. They're not going to do that because there's a billion other bands doing the same thing that you are. Whereas yeah. if you, you know, like it's a cheesy saying, I guess, and I don't really know what the saying is, but the, you know, be yourself, like literally be yourself, like put yourself out there. Um, and then naturally, so people will be reeled in because the whole mysterious cool guy thing will only work for so long. And that does nothing. You know, I've spent yeah. thousands of dollars and that's not to like brag or anything, but I've spent thousands of dollars in different ads for different musicians and the best ones are the ones that have people in them and yeah. do not have that cool guy persona. Like it's things that people can relate to. Like there's this pop artist that I'm, well, indie artist that I'm working with. His name is Jafar, Jafar. I'm sorry if I butchered that. His name is Jonathan. But um, literally, he like what the the template that artists use all the time for their music is. We are this, or like you know, this song is out now. You know, yeah. like if I don't know who you are as a band or as an artist, like what does that have to do with me? Like I don't care that you released a song. Like what is this? But if you say something, you know that that challenges people or like explains who you are, because you know, for for context the video that he released is like a zoom call, you know, like it has like the two little, you know, people yeah. talking. and the, the song's video is literally, you know, the singer and then the drummer and they're like jamming out over a zoom call. So that's creative for one. So it's going to catch people's attention. And two, instead of just saying, you know, this song is out now, why don't we, you know, 
say something topical or why not challenge people? So what we ended up putting for the post description or like the post copy and in, in marketing terms is we said, um, what do your Zoom meetings look like? This is how ours turned out, you know, and, and just something as more interesting than just the song is out now, you know, like that, that just made a world's difference when we were split testing the ad and it resulted in more uh, streams to Spotify. And yeah, I mean, he's projected to hit Discover Weekly soon, which is pretty cool, you know? So yeah. um, you just gotta think outside of the box a little bit more than just saying, or, or another one, <laughs> when you when you post something on Facebook, you realize that the, the page name is right there, right? Um, yeah. I love it when bands say, we are, insert band name here. Like, okay, I already know your band name. Tell me something else. You just lost my interest because you only have two seconds or two words on, on your post when someone is scrolling through to catch their attention. So yeah. you can make that first impression count. If that it's a bit sense. like when uh, bands do the whole like social media blackout thing. Like initially, when all of that kind of started happening, and obviously that was much more among like the, you know, the bigger artists at the time. But when that started being a thing, I remember like thinking that's really cool. Like the way that, you know, literally the, the whole social media would just suddenly all go black and you wouldn't know what the hell was going on. It would be a bit like, oh, well, something's happening here. But now it um, like every band pretty much everywhere kind of uh, when they've got a new release coming up um, tends to like sway more towards that kind of technique. And it's like it's been so like overdone and overplayed now that I don't think it has that much effect. Like unless you are, you know, like you say, a bigger artist where people are going to, you know, are already like really vividly following your page and following your socials, then it doesn't really, I think it might even have like a counter effect where it might just be like, people are like, Oh, well, I'm not going to wait around. You know, it's, it's sort of like when a band puts up a, an announcement post and says, we have something to announce soon, but, the way that I see it is kind of like try and minimize those steps. So instead of announcing that you have something to announce soon, just announce something, you know, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Cause like, you know, like people joke about it all the time, like the, the typical up and coming artists, you know, big things coming soon, you know, like how many times have we heard that, you know, which um, it's interesting you bring that up to where it's like you're, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot um, by announcing before it. Um, I could yeah. go into the technicalities of, of how it affects you on like Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Um, it, it's up to you guys. But um, more often than not, it just kills like the hype, I would say. Um, like you said, it, it just kind of loses its essence because it's like, oh, okay, we expected this because you told me you were going to announce something tomorrow, like just announce it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a bit yeah. like the same thing with like, uh, you know, Instagram stories. Um, sometimes I think rather than putting like in your story, um, go and look at my new post or like recent post. I think sometimes actually putting the post in the story or even, uh, you know, when people share the actual post itself, um, but I have seen it where people just put like a, a GIF or like an animation of new post and then expect people to then go through to their profile and actually then with that content. Whereas I've always thought that it's best to make it as, you know, as few steps as you possibly can. People don't want to do a whole load of work, especially, you know, if you're an up and coming artist and they haven't really heard of you before and you're just about trying to sort of get them on board they kind of they want to do as little work as they can uh to interact with your content or at least that's kind of how i see it yeah that, that's yeah. true people are lazy unfortunately um yeah they they don't want to put in the effort to have to share something you know or or comment if, if they don't have to um you know because like the it it kind of ties to the whole marketing thing like if you want someone to pre-save your song or if you want someone to, you know, subscribe to your email list, you have to kind of simplify it as much as you can for them. Because like the more steps you have to take to do things, it's just going to ruin the listener or fans experience trying to do the action that you're trying to get them to do. If that makes yeah. sense. Because like, 
I don't know. Like I can go on a whole nother tangent, but like, I hate it when I don't want this to turn into me just bagging on musicians. That's not my intention at all. It's more so just to, you know, from what I've seen on, on how to better, you know, your, your social media engagement, because well, it's, it's good, you know, like anybody who is listening at the moment, this might then give them some things to avoid that maybe they would otherwise have you know just sort of plowed ahead and gone and done so it's it's good for them to kind of have that feedback yeah definitely i mean i think um given kind of like my you know my little uh, brain i got like a brain fart moment but light bulb you know um i was because i come from a little bit more uh, i mean i do my music and i you know i I try to entertain as much as I can, but I have gra- graphical, you know, designing side as well. And I, I like to comment earlier with, you know, if you if you have Photoshop or Illustrator, it doesn't make you a designer. Like, you're yeah. absolutely right there. What makes you like a designer is somebody who will actually use those tools and create something. And once you've done quite a lot and you're getting paid for it, that's when you become a designer. That's when you become somebody who is a bit more recognized and be able to when do you it. build up a, a portfolio yeah. but what i think when it comes to like advertising a release i totally agree that you should if you're if you don't have much of a fan base or you know if you're trying to get a fan base you shouldn't really be trying to hype something up like next friday we're going to be releasing a you know a new single who who cares you know um and uh, countless times i've scrolled down my news feed on instagram or twitter or facebook and seeing just you know black backgrounds, white text. Uh, we're releasing a new new single in like two days or something, and I scroll right past it. I I just I keep going. I don't see it, but the ones I do see are the ones that catch your eye, which are ones. So a little bit of advice for some people, um, and it's a little bit of reason why, say, the put it to the panel logo is red. Okay, so red and like brighter colors will attract your mind and what it is is red is the color of blood and back in the day when we were you know, cavemen or Arga, you know all that um <laughs> you know people you know back in the day they didn't really know what like death and what being injured was they thought it was a bit more voodoo magic sort of thing that's that's how we would explain it today but the color red was bad bad you know blood coming out red bad okay so for thousands and thousands and thousands of years it's always been red bad you know and that's stuck in our heads so that's why when we see the color red we are attracted to that color a lot quicker because it's in our subconscious it's in our brain we've been with that for thousands of years um so when it comes to so now putting that into an advertisement or uh you know that kind of environment you need to be able to attract the brain you need to be able to attract the eyes quickly like when it comes to an image it needs to be quick punchy i don't want to see an image which is full of text because i don't want to read it i don't want to see a post that's full of text i just want to see something really quick a bright colorful image something that will attract my eyes something i think's cool and instantly there i am you've got you've got the audience but mm-hmm. I, I do see so many people these days who just black text, you know, black text, white background, white background, you know, black background, white text. Uh, it just doesn't work. No, <laughs> yeah. great artwork will make or break a band as well, in my opinion. Like I've picked up some records purely because the artwork just, you know, like made me go, wow. And then I had a listen and then also, you know, then got into the band as well. So artwork really does have a huge impact. Uh, for a first-time listener. Oh, yeah. That's actually how I got into uh, uh, Bullet for My Valentine. I, I went to FYE, and then I saw their, um, I, I think it was um, Scream Aim Fire, I think it was called. It had, like, Waking the Demon. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Scream like, Aim Fire. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, it, it looked cool. I mean, whatever. I bought it, and... I never listened to that type of music. And I was like, oh, okay, this sounds cool. Whatever. Well, I can dig it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, um, same with, you know, the A Day to Remember albums and the fact that they have that sort of consistent theme with the silhouette, like, running all the way through. I think things like that, when they're done purposefully as well, are really, 
really effective like from a you know from a marketing standpoint oh yeah you're you're getting people more involved with you as a brand or you as an artist you know so whatever you can associate you know with the music whether it's artwork or a specific message or whatever you know that that just helps build up your brand yeah i think we've um, got a uh, sorry rob oh, sorry. did you want uh i think just expanding on that a bit is I don't think bands should be scared to, obviously, you know, bands or artists, they shouldn't be scared to get creative and get onto Photoshop or Illustrator or, you know, whatever it is they're going to do to make content or make something fancy to kind of show off what they're doing. Um, But they also should not be scared to reach out because obviously there are a lot of other people out there who can do a better job straight away. Uh, and if they want that, then great. But if you want to build, you know, build upon your skills yourself, even better. But they shouldn't be scared to, you know, like things like Fiverr or a thing, you know. Yeah. Like, you could get you could get a logo whacked up for you know five dollars easy. Um, I think, uh, uh, Danny, you're going to bring up this comment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. Uh, so we've had a uh, a comment here, and it says in terms of marketing. How do you build your connections towards people that can help put you in playlists as well as write articles about the artist? Um, okay, that's a great question. Um, what's up, man? I, I've seen you a little bit in my Facebook group. Um, but yeah, I mean, networking is, is kind of like a, it's a weird thing because sometimes it happens like not intentionally, but, you know, I, I would assume this is, you know, you, you want to, network with people intentionally. So kind of the way that that I've seen it or compared it to, it's just kind of like how, like when you think of when you were playing shows or, you know, when you were on tour before the show and after the show, like, like, what are you doing? You're, You're probably, you know, walking around and interacting with the crowd or, if you haven't done that, I, I highly encourage you to do that because that makes, you know, a good impression on the crowd. Um, you know, especially if you're just, a regular looking dude and you're talking to them and then 10 minutes later you're on stage they're like whoa okay like he didn't even mention that he was going to be playing a show or whatever um that just shows that you have a genuine interest in them and it's not you know like you're trying to get something from them um yeah you are low-key and it's the same thing with you know curators and, and music blogs and, and things of that sort um you have to remember that these are, are real people you know, like they have feelings, they have lives, they have other interests other than music. Um, kind of going back to the whole, yes, there is social media that exists outside of the music realm. So what I've done and what I encourage others to do is go onto Google and well, first you need to know, you know, your target audience, which kind of quick plug, but um, I do have a ebook slash you know, free course on how to find or or how to plan and market your release um, efficiently and effectively. And I have this like targeting worksheet that, you know, you can use to find your target audience. But anyway, once you find your target audience, let's just use uh, simple plan as an example, they're pop punk, whatever. Um, So let's say you want to appeal to pop punk fans. What you're going to do is go onto Google and then you're going to type in, you know, pop punk or no not pop punk simple plan album review or simple plan releases new single 2020 like find an article that was written recently or at least of that same year because you know if if you use an older one odds are you know that that writer may or may not still be a part of the publication but yeah i've done is is you know search for similar artists to myself that have had coverage in a, you know, in a smaller publication. Cause you always want to start small. You never want to, you know, alternative press, although they, you know, they're controversial. Um, they're huge. You, odds are of you reaching out to them is, is very, very slim. So what you can do is find smaller blogs out there that have covered, you know, simple plans, newest release and hit them up. There's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, reaching out directly to them. But another effective way of going about it, kind of what I was alluding to, to networking, is finding the writer and finding them on like Twitter or finding them on Facebook or, or whatever. Because again, they're, they're real people. You can actually talk to them 
because they're real. So yeah. what what I've done and, and most you know journalists always link to their Twitter is you just follow them, right? And you should be doing this like at least three months before you release any music because that I'm I'm a huge fan of the three month rule in terms of like building a relationship with someone. Um, so three months prior to your release, you should be doing all of this stuff. And once you have like a, a hit list, so to say, of different journalists that you've done your research on, you found their Twitter, you followed them, you know, obviously don't bug them because again, they're, they're real. They're, you know, you, you randomly follow them. You don't want them to be like, all right, who the heck is this guy? Um, but yeah. interact with them. Cause again, they're, they're real people. So if they post about, a sports team or, you know, if they're ranting about something, join in on the conversation because you're kind of planting the seeds in their minds. Like, Oh, this person also exists. And this person is also a real person. And we both, you know, like, I don't know anything about sports, but I'll just say like, you know, we both like the Yankees or whatever, you know, I don't even know if that's a football team, whatever. Um, but yeah, so just things like that. Um, that's kind of how you build organic relationships with different, you know, target journalists and things like that. Because then when it comes down to it, after a couple weeks or months of you, you know, just tweeting or, or doing banter with them, when it comes down to you actually releasing music, you then, you know, politely, you know, message them or tell them like, hey, like, by the way, like, you know, I have some music coming out. Would you be interested in covering it? If not, that's cool. For one, if they ignore you, don't feel hurt because probably other people are trying to do the same thing. So that, that's why I say three months because it, it takes, on average, it takes three times for someone to see something before they, you know, become committed to it or become used to you. Um, they'll probably forget that you followed them recently. So they're going to think, okay, this guy's been following me for a while, whatever. Like, that's cool. I've talked yeah. to him multiple times on multiple occasions. Um so then that feels less intrusive because again, they're people, you don't want to pressure them into anything or make them feel bad. Um, so kind of following suit of that, you reach out to them and politely, you know, send them your music or ask them for permission first. And then you send them the music. Um, if that works great. If it doesn't like, you know, like let's say they don't see it in time or they don't respond or say, Hey man, like, thanks for reaching out. But like, unfortunately, like I'm not looking at cover new music. You can just respectfully tell them, okay, I, I appreciate that. No worries. What I would do after that, you know, because obviously I've, I've done this multiple times is that if I can't reach the, the writer directly, or let's say they don't have a Twitter. Um, another thing I, I do again, three months in advance, or, you know, like let, let's roll with this example, three months in advance. Um, you reach out to the publication directly on their contact form and uh, just say, Hey, like I've been reading your guys's magazine for a while or whatever. Um, I just saw that, you know, this writer insert their name or whatever. Um, this writer wrote a really cool review on simple plans last, you know, single or whatever. Um, yeah. I just wanted to say that it was really cool. But they're going to respond to you. That's like a guaranteed response. Like if, I don't want to say guaranteed because if they get a lot of mail, they might miss it. But like, you're not pressuring them into doing anything. You're just complimenting them. So why wouldn't they respond to you? You know? Um, so it's more so of, again, planting that seed, like, okay, this guy has reached out to us genuinely to thank us. And again, don't copy and paste your message to everyone who's ever covered simple plan because odds are all these people talk to each other. Um, the industry is small. Everyone knows everyone. Um, but yeah, you're kind of planting that seed and you're not pressuring them into anything. So then when you do release music, you can either, you know, just respond to that thread or you can send them another email because then they'll, they'll recognize your name or something. Yeah. So I've done that. That's how I've built most of my relationships with different publicists that I reach out to for my clients. And yeah, just don't forget that these are real people. Um, again, like, being an, an agency, but also a resource, I do have a, you know, both free and paid version of a contact sheet where you can actually reach out to different uh, publications as well as different playlists that are run independently. Um, so yeah, you can download that for free if you'd like, but yeah, that's how I encourage people to develop relationships because 
again, following suit of the live ex live show example, like you don't just want to tell people to buy your stuff or listen to your music. You kind of just want to develop relationships with them genuinely in a non pressuring way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm reaching out to them on their, uh, you know, their most used channels is really important. I mean, when I, um, when I previously worked for a uh, PR agency, the thing that we used the most was uh, PR Max, and then that had like a, you know a list of areas where you could then follow or uh, find those specific people and things like that. Um, you know, if you do have like a bit of spare cash on the side, I, I think those kind of tools are quite uh, invaluable in certain circumstances, especially where people don't necessarily have a Twitter or an Instagram and they've only got an email, which is, I'll, you know, I'll give you, that's rare these days, but it does happen. Um, one thing I wanted to ask actually is in terms of like mailing lists, um, and this is something that people bring up um, to me quite a bit, is like how important in this day and age, especially given all the other tools on social media that bands have, is the mailing list still really vital? Um, or has it kind of had its day? What's your what's your take on that? Um, I'm a huge fan of the omni-channel approach when it comes to marketing, which that's just a fancy way of saying, you know, just be everywhere. So yeah. if we think about it, like email marketing or just having an email list, it's definitely held its own weight. Because if you think about it, like what, how how else are you going to be communicating with people? if you know facebook shuts down or you know like something controversial happens or people just switch platform like when myspace like died and everyone switched to facebook a lot of artists had to start from square one which is scary if you're a developing act if you're like you know drake that that doesn't matter you just install the app you'll get verified and the followers will, will come but when you've put all of your efforts into developing you know, a, a single following on a single platform, it's very risky um, because you're kind of putting all of your eggs in one, you know, in, in multiple baskets for this example, but you want to bring them all home, which would be your email list because everyone has an email. If you don't have an email, there's something wrong with you um, yeah. or you're not real. You're, I'm convinced that you're an alien because everyone has one. Um, and people always, you know, combat or, or, say you know like i never check my email i never open it you know which i from what i've seen with the artists that i've worked with and again I, I haven't worked with the drakes in the world i've worked with artists that you know have 5 10 15 20 000 monthly listeners on spotify which in the grand scheme of things that's not a lot and their mailing lists i mean one to 200 people that's not a lot they they open them obviously yeah. we're spamming them all the time like just send them an update once a month or when you release a song send them an update as well um i'm a huge fan of email lists like obviously it, it's not like the biggest focus for musicians it's probably not even on most musicians radar but it's definitely something you should take a look at and odds are if you know most people that i've talked to use DistroKid, um but if you've used DistroKid before and have ran a pre-save campaign before you probably already have an email list because when people pre-save your song, DistroKid saves the emails for you. So if you're worried about, you know, having to direct people or feel like it's scummy or spammy, having people, you know, give you their email, um, just go log into your DistroKid. You probably have, you know, 10, 20, 30 people, but those are the people that matter the most because they already pre-saved the song once the next time you release another song, shoot them an email and say, hey, thank you for pre-saving, you know, our other song before, pre-save this one. Or, you know, if you have an online merch store, people use their email to buy your stuff. Send them an email like, hey, thanks for purchasing our merch. We are releasing a new song on this day at this time. Pre-save it or, you know, whatever it is you want to tell them. Like, there's nothing wrong with emailing people. Most bands don't unless they're huge. So it's definitely something that stands out when it comes to being a developing act. And people's pushback all the time is like, well, okay, what if 20 other bands have an email list and now we're all just spamming them and they unsubscribe? 
okay, like I can't even name 20 bands that are hitting up my email box right now with the amount of music that I listen to, the amount of merch that I buy. No one sent me an email. Like no one is utilizing that. Like you're fine. Don't worry about it. Like just do it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my take on emails for sure. I totally agree. I mean, if you don't have an email, then where are you? Who are you? You know, <laughs> yeah, um, you got a very, you know, you got a very good point there. And I think um, the mailing thing definitely can work. And it was, it was interesting to hear that if you pre-save on DistroKid, that, that's something I didn't really know. So that's actually really interesting to know. Yeah, um, they picked up an artist uh, for marketing, and he was like, "Yeah, like, you know, I've, I'm releasing a new song and." You know, I've done some pre-save campaigns in the past, but they haven't done that well. I was like, what do you mean? Because he had a pretty big following. He was like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I never knew how to check because, you know, DistroKid doesn't doesn't really do a good job on, you know, showing you how to do things. I had another artist tell me they had like $5,000 in royalties that they never heard about. So, I mean, that was cool. But anyway, um, with DistroKid, like, and with this artist in particular, he was like, yeah, I don't know how to check, you know, my previous campaigns or whatever. And he, he's been around for like five years and he's decently sized. Um, we checked and over the span of those five years, he had over a thousand different people pre-save his songs over the years. And that's a thousand emails that he had access to to send, you know, like his upcoming release or, you know, merch. So there's just a bunch of crazy stuff that, you may not have known about, especially if you've been using a specific platform for a long time. Um, definitely check that out. You'd be surprised on the, on the things that you can you know see or learn. Um, because another thing too, you know, without bombarding people with a bunch of information, but uh, when you're running Facebook ads and you get well versed in it, you can actually target those people specifically on Facebook by using their emails, which is pretty scary, but um, it, it's just a matter of how direct you can be with, you know, your, your listeners or whatever. Um, yeah. if, if they don't see your email, you'll get them in a Facebook ad. If they don't see your Instagram posts or, you know, Facebook posts, you'll get them in an ad, you know, like it's just things like that, that you can do to set yourself up for success, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, well, one of the other things that we uh, that we like to do uh, from week to week is we like to shine a bit of a spotlight on uh, any artists that have been on our uh, on our like local radar um, as of recently, or that have cropped up and sort of piqued our interest. Um, is there any artist that you'd like to give a, a special shout to that you've seen anything cool from recently, or uh, heard of any new releases that have kind of really piqued your interest? Um, that I've worked with or just, uh, or, or even have just, you know, popped up on your newsfeed and you've like clicked through and been like, Oh, well, that's quite a pleasant surprise. That sort of thing. Yeah. It's more about like, what have you been listening to recently? What you've liked, um, and that actually piqued your interest because we like to, it like every song we, uh, is mentioned on the show, we put into a playlist on Spotify so that yep. people will be able to find it. So it's a, put it to the panel playlist. So, uh, yeah, what's been you know for the last week, month, year? What's been what's been the one thing you keep going back to? Um, there's this band called the the Home Team, I believe that I've been really into. I think they're from the West Coast. I don't I don't really remember, but they're pretty cool. Um, I think they came up on like my release radar the other day. Um, I've been enjoying them quite a bit. Um, there's my friend's band, Demon and Me. They released their their first independent. Oh yeah, no, I've heard of them. They're great band. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Julian, if you ever see this, I love you. But yeah, he's they're they're a great band. Um, again, not to get too political, but I'm I'm proud of you know their their first independent release. So um, it, it's been awesome. And then obviously, you know, all the bands that I've worked with and, and artists that I work with, um, they're they're all great. Right now, I'm currently working with. Um, this band called properties of nature, which is more along the lines of like progressive rock, like very heavily influenced by like the Mars Volta at the drive-in and uh, even Coheed and Cambria. So um, they're, they're really cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, 
I listen to a lot of music. And then when people ask me like, what have you been listening to? I get like a brain fart how you had earlier. Um, yeah. There's just so much music out there. It, it, it's crazy. Great. Yeah. No, that's a great. Lot. Definitely, definitely check all that out. Uh, Danny, what have you been listening to? What have you been listening to this week? So a band that has popped up on my radar in the last week um, and who I have been listening to consistently because their sound is basically the only way I could describe it um, is like it's like a mashup of Simple Plan and Son of Dork. And those are two bands that, especially when I was in my teens, were like massively uh, influential on me. Um, And they're a band called Semi Pro. And I believe, I'm sorry if this is completely wrong. I don't think it is. Uh, I think they're from the New York area. Um, And yeah, no, I highly suggest checking them out because I get real sort of early 2000s, late 90s kind of vibes. And that's absolutely my jam. How about you, Rob? Um, I guess for me this week, uh, I'm wearing a T-shirt right now um, of a band called Seven Stories High which is a band before that I've toured with in previous bands. Um, And I put this on today because I uh, was just messing around on Spotify and I found a song that they released last month. And I hadn't really, you know, switched on without them for a little while, but I just kind of like picked up this T-shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like this T-shirt. It's pretty cool. It's just plain and simple, but I just thought it's, you know, black and, um, you know, total, got you know, emo nerd sort of thing. Uh, so I don't wear anything else than black. <laughs> uh, but I checked out their stuff again, and they released a new song called Hearts in April. And damn, that's a really good banger. Like, really powerful. Um, their stuff before was really good. And, you know, when I first met them in 2015, really cool guys. Uh, they're from they're from Wales. I believe they're from Swansea, but it could be Cardiff. I, I You know, they're from the Valleys, so, you know. Um Awesome. They're great, you know, great guys. Definitely give them a listen. I'm going to include that all in the uh, playlist for all the bands that we've mentioned today. So uh, go definitely check that out. Excellent. Cool. Well, we've pretty much been here an hour now. We're 57 minutes, 25 seconds in. Um, so I think we're, you know, come to the point where we can start wrapping everything up. Uh, before you go, actually, Anthony, do you want to uh, give a plug out to, you know, your side and discuss? Uh, you know, give plug as much as you can of what's going on with you at the moment. Uh, yeah. So kind of like I mentioned, I do, for one, we are a, a music marketing agency, but we also do offer free tools and resources. So um, we have a website called oddly simple dot XYZ. Um, when you go on there, we have like a, you know, training ground, so to say, which will then take you to a sub domain, which I need to fix because it, you know, bounces back and forth. But anyway, on the website, we have a free curator contact sheet. So it has over a hundred different Spotify playlists and blogs and radio stations that you can submit your music to, um, especially if you're wanting to, you know, get your music out there, especially since, you know, we, most of us have a little bit of extra time, so you know you can spend it submitting to different playlists and blogs. Um, I also do have a course called "How to Plan and Market Your Release," which is just a really um, in-depth, you know, bird's eye view on on you know formulating a release plan, finding your target audience, um, kind of figuring out the things that you need to actually release music. So um, all compiled into a little pdf type of thing that you can read on the website so um doing a lot of free resources as well as uh more paid stuff coming up which i'm working on a course called ultimate release which it's going to be kind of like a over the shoulder type of thing to where people get to see me um, build out a release timeline for an artist that i worked with as well as building out the target audiences building out the facebook ads the exact emails that I use to send out to different PR agencies and Spotify playlists. So um, that should be launched by the end of June. So I'm, I'm really stoked to release that. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Danny, if you can bring up my shared screen, I actually brought the website up so we could just give it a little bit of a... Sure. Um, this is for your live purposes. So yeah, uh, this is the website and I'm just looking through it right now. It looks very professional. So, so you've got some of the clients here. 
Um, but yeah, but definitely go check out, you know, simple fucking, you know, it looks brilliant, looks professional. Let's go with it. Cool. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Cool well. well, thank you for joining us, Anthony. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you guys as well. Um, thank you so much for doing this and keeping people entertained, but also informed. <laughs> Our pleasure. Absolutely. Great stuff. Thank you. So thank you for listening to Put It To The Panel and we'll see you next Sunday, 9 o'clock. See you then. Cool. Cheers, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.